Hello, I'm glad you're here. My name is Kevin McDonald, host of the following show, Positive Talk Radio. First, let me thank you for listening. I believe that you tuned in for a reason, to make a personal connection with courage and love, creating your dream life, and we're here to help. Terrific guests and topics presented in a fun, entertaining way. So stay tuned for this commercial-free episode of Positive Talk Radio. And welcome to Positive Talk Radio for a Monday. I feel like we are having a little like uh, um, a Winnie the Pooh and the blustery day. It is in Seattle. It is windy. It is rainy. We can expect all of that, and we'll have. Oh, by the way, I did this for Eric on Wednesday, so I have to do this for you. And welcome to the show, Benny, the producer. Thank you. Wow. I have my own audience. Yes, indeed. That's not often that I get to do that. So (laughs) do you have you now you do the weather. Tell us what's going to happen today. Uh, It's pretty much going to be a blustery day. So just batten down the hatches, you know. Stay inside, listen to the radio, and and yeah. uh, and and listen to us. That sure. that would be awesome. Yeah, cozy on up. Yeah, exactly, exactly. So your weekend was good, was it? It was. Uh, not so much for the Seahawks, but we're not going to talk about that either. Everyone's kind of like still drying. This is positive up. talk, right? I know. That's why I want to spin that out really quickly and get that out of there. <laughs> We've got next week to deal with, but uh, I'm looking forward to today's show. It's, I tell you, it's going to, it's mm-hmm. going to be awesome. I have also been looking forward to meeting uh, Rachel for quite some time. And, uh, I just, I just love her spirit and uh, her energy and who she is. Mm-hmm. And I, I would actually be talking about, uh, Dr. Rachel Wellner. She is, uh, out of New York city originally who we'll spent some time in Florida. Now she's in, she's in LA. We should we should play what's his name that no never mind um, I forget the, the guy's name who did the song it's, it's living in L A you know that one song that came out with that one guy that came out that one year <laughs> that's that right oh yeah what, that you, one you, you would know him he's very of course, famous that one famous. yeah <laughs> of course I don't even know it I can't believe it pop <laughs> culture. Rachel, doctor, would you like me to call you doctor? Would you like me to call you Rachel? What do you want me to call you? you? Call me Rachel, Doc Rachel. You can mix it up. Okay. (laughs) Okay. Um, And uh, it's exciting that you are here. Um, When when we first connected, and uh, and by the way, if you want to find out more about Rachel, you can always go do do a Google search. She's done quite a little bit, but uh, you had a period of time that I would call because I had the same thing. Um, I had a period of time which was called the, you know, like a bad country music song mm-hmm. where, where things went, uh, went, oh. <laughs> yeah, where things went a little awry and then, and then they compounded upon themselves and it included uh, having to move and the job and all that stuff. If you want to go find out more, you can go Google that. We're not going to talk about that today because this is positive talk radio and I am extraordinarily happy that you are able to do and have done what you are in the process of doing now, which is, you know, everything got in New York, got trashed and you, you had to move to Florida to live with your mom and stuff. And, um, by the way, if you do Google search, everything was proved to be, uh, incorrect and, and her good name has been restored, um, which is very, very important. And, uh, and I'm glad I'm glad that's happened. But you are now doing some extraordinary things, and you can't, like I said in the in the early part, you can't keep a good woman down. 
Oh, thank you. Well, I, you know, look, what happened was a negative event. Um, deferred the specifics. I uh, won't get into too much, but I parked badly in the crosswalk and uh, was assaulted and arrested for it. And um, was was written up as having ran over a police officer to get away to, for sa to safety. And I didn't touch anybody. I didn't hit anybody. It was proven on the video beyond a shadow of a doubt. Um, it, it, it was very difficult. It took three years to get to trial to prove that. Um, and in the process, you know, when you're out of the operating room, it's hard to get back in. By that time, though, I had started writing my novels and my children's books. And, um, and most recently, I started a biotech company which is uh, geared towards solving the problem of identifying residual cancer in the patient while he or she is under the table. So as it stands now, you take out a cancer, find out a week later if you've gotten it all out and have to go back in. Sometimes that has deadly consequences. It has a lot of complications associated with it. So that's what my company does. Uh, we have another vertical based on that uh, capacity to also do rapid diagnoses, like the minute the specimen comes out of the body, instead of that one week or so wait to find out, you know, when patients are going crazy um, and their prognoses are deteriorating because early treatment is very important in cancer. So that's what my company addresses. I'm taking all of my knowledge and using it in a different way. This has been one of the most challenging times in my life because I'm learning so much <laughs> about business and about how to be a CEO, about uh, how to raise money, and et cetera, et cetera. It's, it's, it's exciting. And Dr. Rue has been my companion here. <laughs> <laughs> and, and I I am so, so pleased. I got to ask you, though. When all this stuff went, went south, and uh, a lot of people would just say, they'd use a bad word that I can't say. Yeah, even. I know. Don't say it. I, I, I won't. <laughs> And uh, I've been called that in my life, never. <laughs> Spent my life uh, going to Central America and starting medical missions. It was uh, it was very unfair, very painful. How is it that you um, not only survived it, but you basically, you know, put your thumb on the scale and decided that you were going to do some incredible stuff? And and because a lot of people would would give up. And they would say, "Oh, well, they they take the Eeyore approach." I'm using I'm using children's <laughs> book or, or metaphors because uh, you are a children's book writer. We're going to talk about your book here in a minute, but, yeah. well, but I won't lie. I was paralyzed for a couple of years. It was very hard to move forward. Um, I'll say with the love of God and um, you know a, a lot of time to think and contemplate and reinvent. Um, you know, I just said, look, this is what what happened and the portrayal is not accurate and I'm not going to let anybody take me away from me. Um, and I and in the process, I've mostly you know, like it's interesting, forgiving and condoning are not the same thing. I don't Correct. condone anything that was done, but I've had to sort of forgive it to let it go. I've had to, like, let it out of my heart and and system. Um, one gentleman gave me a very good piece of advice. He said, you know, when people approve of me, he was like a high-end producer. So he, you know, he has had a lot of success. When people approve of me. I throw that out the window because if you take all that in, all the crappy stuff they say about you, you have to take that in too. So I generally just don't 
really accept anybody's opinions of me. <laughs> for some reason, it it held. I just said, okay, these you know these people don't even know me, and um, they don't really know what happened. They were not there, and uh, I knew what happened. I knew what happened in my heart. I knew what those officers did to me. I knew what they did was very, very wrong and very terrifying. And that that was my only choice was to get in the car and find a way to drive away. Well, you know, they have that saying, it's none of my business what you think of me, uh, which, <laughs> which, which is one of my favorite sayings because it's so true. Um, you can't, you cannot stop anybody from believing what they're gonna believe or thinking what they think. But uh, you can uh, understand what's right, and you and you, that you yeah. did nothing wrong, and uh, people's opinions be damned. It just doesn't matter. You know, um, I'll tell you, uh, Kevin. My <laughs> not to get darker here, but my four grandparents were Jewish, and I experienced, they experienced the Holocaust. You can ask, how do you go on after something like that? You know, how do you move on after your family's been systemically decimated, destroyed, killed. Um, but their spirit, they, I mean, they kept going, they rebuilt, you know, they rebuilt, they, they saw an act two in America and um, they kept going, um, very industrious people. You would think, how can people, how can they go on after something like this, you know? Oh yeah. Well, you know, you, you think about all the problems that we have and, uh, then you, then you put that into context of what actually happened during the Holocaust. Uh, that it, it's, we, we, we got marshmallows and cupcakes. I was going to say, now we want to talk about marshmallows and hot dogs. Exactly. <laughs> uh, compared to what the, they had to deal with because it, it, you know, as well, uh, enough said that's, that's yeah. a tough thing, but at the same time, you know, you, by the way, what gets on YouTube stays on YouTube. And I saw you doing a stand-up comedy routine. <laughs> it wow. wasn't a good one. It was one of my worst. <laughs> I have some better ones. <laughs> I'll post them when the time is right. Let's put it that way. <laughs> so I got, I got to ask you, 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 you're writing children's books. You've written a novel. You've, you, you did stand-up comedy, two novels. You did stand-up comedy. Um, was it that you were just experiencing life and deciding that you were going to do anything and all of these things that you have talent for be told i started writing um a year before the nypd incident so um the, dr rue did not come to life until this year but um i've had this that idea for a long time i just didn't have the confidence i didn't think that i could write children's books so um a publisher <laughs> loved the idea and she sort of helped me to um to edit it and now i'm writing them all on my own um so yeah i've always been a writer I've, i i have files and files of patient stories and you know unidentified patient stories and things like that that i just would write for myself you know it was always very difficult dealing with patients life and death and this and the other so i would write about it exactly so you were you were a uh, your specialty was breast cancer wasn't it mm -hmm. And uh, you were an oncologist of note in New York and working with a lot of people. That That is both rewarding and can be terrible at the same time. Huh? Yeah, that's a very good way to put it. It's uh, a very amazing job. I loved it. Still love it. Um, but very taxing, very hard. Uh, the stories are hard. Your, your heart cries with the patients, you know. 
what's I, you know, I've never had an opportunity to ask a doctor, but I, so I would ask you, um, what is it like? And we understand that it's your job, but you're still a human being. Mm-hmm. What's it like to sit down with somebody and say, I can't help you. Oh boy. Um, I have to say, luckily that wasn't so often in my case because I do the surgery part. Um, so if somebody's coming to me, that means there's usually something that can be done. Um, in the medical oncology world where chemo has failed or there's, there's no other way to go. That's the, that's the difficult conversations that they're always having. Um, whether they become immune to it or whatnot. I mean, I definitely had to give bad news to people. One of which was what I just talked about earlier. I'm sorry, we have to go back for a second operation. We didn't get all the cancer out. That would devastate the patient. You just feel terrible. Um, you have to keep a certain degree of professionalism up and um, a little bit of disassociation as much as you sort of love the patient, you know, you also have to follow the books and, um, you know, do what's, what is evidence-based and what is right. Um, so if what is right is to tell them, I'm sorry, there's nothing else I can do. Um, that's it. I, you have to say it and it's hard, it's hard, but you do. My brother had uh, stage four lung cancer. He passed away uh, just over a year ago now. So sorry. Oh, thank you. But one of the things that I found was difficult was he had trouble getting a straight answer out of the doctors that he was working Nobody with. Nobody wants to say it. Yeah. And so it was. It was really tough for him because even though he had had uh, it had metastasized and he had brain cancer and and he had uh, spots on his liver and all sorts of you know everywhere. And uh, they, they still didn't want to say, you know, um, make your peace. And, and well, you, you know. owe it to the patient because the patient has a family, friends, a job, possibly whatever is going on. You know, maybe at a certain point he couldn't work, but um, he has things that he maybe he wants to see one place before he before he dies. So if you don't tell him the truth, you're denying him the rights to to take care of himself during end of life, to hire the right people to take care of him. Um, or again, just make your peace with your family and friends and, and your life on this earth. So um, that's why I think it's so, honesty is very important. I also believe in the, I don't know, as opposed to saying, well, it's probably in your head. I mean, I, I, if, if I don't know it, I say, I don't know. And if you have something honest to tell a patient, you have to do it. You're doing him or her a big disservice absolutely and if it's very bad news i want you to be my doctor because i <laughs> when i get when i have very bad news i want to know i at least i think i do i probably won't when it gives if it comes to that day i'll probably say don't tell me but i <laughs> you know but i really think i would like to know so but and so let's talk about that so you were um um after after the episode, uh, the hospital let you go, and you had to start a whole brand new life. And it took a couple of years for you to feel good about yourself again. But then I can't imagine anything more having to feel good about yourself as to do stand up comedy, and to, and to get up there and in, in, in front of everybody. <laughs> oh, I found that sort of therapeutic and um, and easy in a way. It's hard. It's hard, it's challenging, intellectually challenging. But I thought to myself, well, the worst that can happen is that they boo you off the stage. <laughs> Not that you put the take out the wrong kidney. <laughs> <laughs> now, there's a good point. 
<laughs> so I felt that, you know, the stakes here aren't quite as high as, you know, what I've just been doing. So um, worst that can happen is they don't like you, you know, so, or you have an off night. I had some nights where people were roaring and some nights where I heard crickets and, you know. You mean like that? <laughs> yeah. Or I get it, you know. Some 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 nights, I I just develop that. I'm just it, it just it won't stop. <laughs> is this um, a hint? <laughs> <laughs> so so you so the applause is much much more much much much. Oh no, not that either. Uh, hey Kevin, so, leave it up to the producers to do that. Okay, you got your you be a talent and you do what you do. Okay, you be the host. <laughs> he wants to get in on the game. I know, right? <laughs> that's it. That's it. That's it. I have a lot of fun anyway. I know. Um, so, but, so tell us about Dr. Root. So Dr. Root is a concept that I sort of birthed uh, a couple of decades ago, believe it or not. Really? I just, like I said, I didn't, I, I never thought of myself as a children's writer. I said, I know I can write, but I don't know if I can write for three to five or ages five to seven. Um, and I got hooked up with a publisher and told her about the idea. And uh, she said, yes, I want to publish this with you. Um, so we worked on the first story. I mean, I, I wrote the first story. She modified it a bit. And then by the time she did that, I sort of was able to use that. You know, I saw what, she, I saw what we both did. And then by the time I wrote the second book, I knew how to, how to write for children. And now I'm on book three. So oh, cool. Cool. Now, the first book, I read some of the reviews, and it's four and a half stars uh, on Amazon. And uh, some of the reviews were just wonderful because you also have a health, you, you put health because you're a doctor into the writing and to, uh, to help kids understand what they should be eating and, and different things. And, and sure, sure. So basically, um, like in the first book, um, well, Essentially, it's a similar treatment for all of them, but Dr. Rue is a kangaroo in, in Australia. She's got a couple of furry buddies, um, Louis Lama, Terence Toad, who's not so furry, um, and Kirby Koala is her nurse. So Louis Lama is like the postmaster. He delivers the mail. We've, we've upgraded to text in the third book. Um, and, and he comes in and, and lets, lets her know there's a problem somewhere. And in this case, all of the hot dogs and marshmallows at the 4th of July barbecue in Washington, DC are missing. Um, so right oh, away, no. I know. And first you're thinking, well, okay, so what? Maybe that's a good thing, right? But <laughs> there's a little, there's a little twist here. So Marsha's pouch starts to get uh, a little activated. She's got a magical pouch and her pouch is like her medical bag. So if you can see the picture, all the stethoscope there and uh, oh yeah a couple of medics you know a couple of, of pharmaceutical pills and things like that they're all in her pouch and um this is kind of her cue to get going on a mystery um then as they uh they fly the to to dc in her own plane she flies a, a propeller plane and uh they get there and her cousin mayor milton the marsupial is uh is sitting at the desk trying to figure out what to do and where what are we going to do for the Fourth of July blowout, um, and through this mystery, uh, Dr. Rube points out all of the different types of healthy foods that can substitute for the less healthy foods. So she trains the, her friends and all the other characters about different types of healthy options. Um, and eventually, you know, through a mystery, they do figure out who stole the hot dogs and marshmallows. 
And one of her animals says to her, why would we do this? These are not healthy. And she says, well, because every once in a while, it's okay for an animal to have a special treat. That's also part of a healthy diet. So it's, you know, the concept of eating very healthy and uh, adding, you know, adding a treat in moderation of something that's a little less healthy for you. Um, and that's what the book is about. Take you on a whole journey, listing types of foods and creative ways that you and, and your children um, can help uh, substitute junkier foods for healthier ones. <laughs> <laughs> so um, um, how do you write for a seven-year-old? Uh, you know, you'd be surprised. Uh, I, I don't, I really don't um, lower the language too much. Um, you just keep it a little shorter and a little more simple. Um, you know, I'll tell you some of the, like, uh, in, in my current book, it's called <laughs> Dr. Rue and the Red Hot Hawaiians. By the way, to clarify, she's Dr. Marsha Rue. So Dr. Rue is her first and last name, you know, her, her title and her last name. Um, they're getting, it's about sun care. So, but she's, she's going up a, a volcano and looking at insidious rock and, and, um, or sorry, obsidian rock and, um, and ash and sulfuric acid. And, and those words are in the book. Um, I wanted the kids to stretch their minds with their parents, get through some hard words, some concepts, um, in a non-frightening way. Um, so, you know, some of the words are actually, like I said, the same. I think the sentences are shorter. There's a lot less volume. You put maybe two lines on a page and then an illustration. So if there's any confusion from the words, the illustration usually clarifies it. Well, we used to love when my kids were little, which was a long time ago. Um, we used to love to just read books, um, kids' books with, with them, and they really enjoy them. It sounds like yours are sophisticated enough to keep them interested uh, over time and rather than dick, yeah, it, it, dick, I think so. run. I think so. I have an eight-year-old and a ten-year, eight-year-old niece and ten-year-old nephew, and they loved the book. I mean, they're reading Harry Potter and you know full volume books and things like that. So, um, but they really loved Doctor Rue. Um, they found it engaging enough, and they definitely learned something. You know, the second book is about uh, uh, an opera star named Hilda Hippo. These hippos have very boisterous voices. Um, who keeps getting sick. She keeps coughing. Um, and she goes on a mystery to figure out why she's coughing, who's, you know, making her sick, who's is somebody spitting on her, spitting on her food, whatever, that kind of thing by accident. And uh, I don't want to give away the goose, but it, but it's, it ends up being about hand washing. Like Hilda's not washing her hands after she takes the mud bath, which as we all know, uh, hippos do. Um, yep. And she's not washing appropriately. So she's basically not allowing herself to heal by, um, by maintaining poor hygiene. So, um, you know, I love, I love the title, by the way, <laughs> Dr. And the hacking hippo, the case of the hacking hippo. <laughs> <laughs> yes. That, that, so, that'll get them excited about that. Just, just, yeah, so then, you know, it gives parents ideas to train the children, how to wash hands for 20 seconds and, um, you know, do things like pick a song, time it for 20 seconds and sing along with your child while he or she is washing his or her hands um you know that'll just make the time go by and um make sure that the hand washing is done in the appropriate way that is more important now than it's ever been in the history of, of yeah that's why i put out that second book when i did exactly when is the third one going to be done um uh, probably january 
And then is, how long how long does the publishing process go? Um, it's not too bad. I mean, the, you know, the book's written. It's being edited right now. Um, the illustrate the illustrations are starting. Um, you know, once the editor completely finishes her work, the illustrator can will probably take a month to do all of her um, her pictures. And uh, it's otherwise relatively simple. I've gotten pretty used to this um, in terms of in terms of the publishing process. You know, putting it online and all that stuff. Do you want to give a shout out to your publisher or to your uh, illustrator? Because her illustrations are wonderful. Oh, hi, Irina. If you're watching this, she's in the Ukraine. If you're watching, <laughs> <laughs> if you're watching this, uh, well, everybody loves your illustrations. So. Yeah, if she's watching this, it's 3 o'clock in the morning where she is. <laughs> I'm sure she'd love to hear that. I will definitely pass that on to her. So, yeah, and it's illustrations. I can't draw to save my life. <laughs> Well, we all have gifts, and and some of our that mine doesn't include singing or uh, um or drawing either, um and stuff. So it's it's I, I Rachel, I just got to tell you, it's 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 so nice to talk to somebody that that uh, is real, and is honest and positive, and is doing some great work. And uh, I'm I'm real pleased for you that you're doing you're doing all this stuff, um, including. Can we talk more about the uh, bio company? And and when what decided you to to embark upon that? Because that that's a huge piece on your mm -hmm. plate. Um, I was exposed to a certain type of uh, spectroscopy camera a couple of years ago, and I couldn't get over the resolution with which this camera um, yielded uh, its its pictures. And um, immediately sort of a, a light bulb went off in my mind, like this is the technology that somehow has to be brought into the operating room. Um, so I remember at the time asking the research coordinator, it cannot be done, it can't be done. It, it can only see a millimeter squared, you know, it can't be done. And I said, yes, it can be done. I know it can be done. It's an engineering problem. I'm not an engineer, but I know it can be done. So it's just, you know, by, I would say serendipity that the idea never left me. And um, obviously we didn't, my team didn't build that machine, but we're building the companion system that allows it to test the tissue. So um, basically I put together a team about six months ago, great people, really high level, like three clinicians and three, um, you know, sort of business guys and on the business and tech side, um, building an advisory board, that I just, I can't even believe I'm being exposed to some of these people, like people who have been CEOs of 10 to 12 companies and, and brought companies public and things like that. So, so they know all of the hurdles that, uh, that I'm facing um, and, and the successes. So, um, you know, that's, that's been the start of it. We're a little early in our life cycle. Um, we're a month away from our first major proof of concept trial. Um, which is just an, it's, it's a murine experiment um, to see if it works. It's a mouse um, experiment to see if, if our theories all work. Um, and once that's done, um, we build our prototype and, and then we go. We try to you know, raise as much money as possible um, and then get this into clinical trial past the FDA, hopefully, and um, into clinical trial. And yeah, there's a lot of steps along the way. It's 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 truly very complex. This is uh, 
<laughs> like I said, this is like going back to medical school. This is hard. <laughs> oh, I can only imagine. Uh, how did you get hooked up with all of these amazing people? You well, the clinicians were people I knew from my clinical days, and the first business guy was a was a long lost cousin. Um, I was close to his brother, and uh, he told me you've got to link up with my brother, my younger brother, and. Uh, so we we reconnected, and then he had the other people on his side. He's in the East Bay, East Bay Silicon Valley area. So most of my company is based in Silicon Valley, with a couple of people on the East and, and Midwest, East Coast and Midwest. Wow! So it kind of all came together because yeah. they said, "Hey, you know what? That's a really good idea." I wonder why nobody's thought of it before. Uh, people have definitely thought of this before, and this we're we're definitely a bit of a race. But we think that we have, first of all, we have provisional um, patents and some protections on this. And, um, you know, we think that uh, we've come up with a way to really streamline this quickly and, um, and successfully. So, uh, look, there may be one or more competitors in the field, but that's true of anything. Oh, that's, that is so true. Congratulations, by the Thank way, because that, that is a really big deal and it could end up helping a tremendous amount of people if, but I hope, yeah. Yeah. If they can get everything off the, uh, if before they leave the table, you can pretty much assure that all the cancer has been taken care of. That's, that's what, that's the goal that while they're in the operating room asleep, their, uh, specimens being checked and, um, and you know, exactly where, exactly what point, um, that's, that's where our software has to pinpoint exactly where to go back in and, uh, take more tissue. Now you've been a uh, doc for a long time and you've <laughs> studied cancer for a long time. Why do we still have cancer? Oh, and I had to ask me the hardest question, didn't you? Yeah, I did. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, I guess because, um, and breast cancer, well, correct me if I'm wrong. Um, I get the impression that breast cancer is getting more prevalent, a lot, not less prevalent that more people are getting it. Uh, is that true? Is it diet related? Is it is it gonna, environment related? I'm going to give you the, the answer that you're going to love to hate, which is that it's multifactorial. Um, so on the on the on the one side, I'll say on the good side, um, on the good side, our surveillance and our technology has gotten much better. So we're actually picking up cancers that, you know, 50 years ago we couldn't find. Um, so the question was, is may or may not have been consequential, uh, would these cancers have grown? Would they have grown enough to, to, to take a person's life? It's hard to say. Um, there were the prevalence of heart disease was higher. Also at that time, people died a little bit younger and people are living longer. So cancer becomes a little bit inevitable. Like as the, as the genetics, um, you know, the DNA in the body, there's wear and tear. Um, so with wear and tear that mutations get caused and the expression of those mutations is, can often be a cancer in one or more parts of the body. So that's one part of it. Genetics plays a huge role. So if, you know, there's a large number of cancer in the family, um, there, that's definitely an at-risk point, um, for family members. So, um, and, you know, now we have the tests to be able to tell you if you have, certain genetic mutations, much more, much far, much far and away from just the BRCA. There are, you know, many known mutations that increase the risk of either breast or other associated malignancies. 
you know, the, one of the problems with this information is we have it, but we don't really know what to do with it. Okay, so you're at increased risk for pancreatic cancer. Well, we can't take out your pancreas because you'll die. Um, so, you know, it's kind of Good like- news and got bad news. Right. So uh, although there's, this is a major um, development to be able to, you know, use the genome um, to understand what might happen to people, it's, you know, that's the, the, the downside is, you know, how much can be done about it. Um, and certain organs, you know, you've heard of prophylactic double mastectomies and things like that. In certain organs, it can be done, but uh, in other organs that are vital for you to live, it, it can't. Um, and then there's, there is, you know, there are things like, like I said, aging. Um, the environment probably plays a pretty big role. Um, we probably have more radiation in the environment than than ever before with electromagnetic energy and cell phones, this, that, whatever. Um, and, and we live in a relatively polluted world, as, as you know. So it's very hard to quantify what role that plays, um, especially since it's not uniform across the world, but I'm sure it plays some role. Um, diet probably plays some role too. Um, but again, it's not clear if it's a, if it's a very big player or not a big player, um, and how one diet works in one person is going to be different than how it works in another person. Um, obesity is definitely recognized as a cause of breast cancer. For instance, um, having too much estrogen in the system from the fat cells will, uh, create an environment for, you know, for breast cancer to grow. Um, and it's been shown that excess alcohol as well um, can lead to increased breast cancer. So uh, I'm trying, trying to give you the whole spectrum of it as best as possible. It's um, So at this point, you can't smoke, you can't eat, you can't drink. What else can you do? <laughs> <laughs> well, you, you know, can't even go to the store without a mask anymore. So. <laughs> that's an excellent point. You know, and because um, cancer is, I was just glad that I didn't uh, have uh, um, history of colon cancer because that would have meant a, a, um, um, a uh, you know, a test, a colonoscopy every like three or four years, and I didn't want to do that. That would suck. It's not, it's not a fun test. They have some other tests out there now. I think they have a stool test that you can just test. Um, they, they, I just, I just love that. Cause they say they've got this test, but it has false, false negatives and false yeah. positives. And so it's it, a tough one. It's a, it's a tough one. But, um, well, the last thing to say about the cancer and cancer in general, cancer really is an, is an umbrella term. It's a spectrum of diseases. I mean, the key, the word it refers to undivided cell growth, but even in a, in a one woman with with a breast cancer, you can see two, two or three totally different types of cancer within her own breast. So, um, you know, people have focused a lot on individualizing medicine, tailoring medicine and treatments for what that patient has. So that's kind of the new frontier in treatments in terms of where we're going. But if you think about how complex it is that it's, it's like treating snowflakes, you know, nothing nothing's quite the same. We're not treating the same disease in all people. So I have a question for you. Mm -hmm. Not that I haven't had one before, but this is, <laughs> this is actually a pretty good one. And, and that is, do you think in hindsight that everything that happened to you happened to you for a reason? 
because now you are because there's a real possibility that had that not happened that you'd still be practicing medicine in New York the way that you were doing what you were doing but this kind of sent you off the um, the 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 bridge or whatever so that you would take the leap uh, and that you could end up helping thousands of more women than you ever could have as a surgeon. Do you think that's a possibility? You know, Kevin, I hope so. Um, I hope so. It's uh, it's taken an awful long time to get over what happened. I mean, there are days that I miss it. Um, you know, um, I I there's a part of me that believes so, but I'm you know I'm, I'm still just sort of uh, in the in the neophyte stages of this, in in the sense that you know Dr. Rue is is she's growing, but she's not huge yet, and um, and my biotech company, we, there's work to do. It's a couple of years going to take. So, um, you know, I, I do I do feel like I'm on a good track and and that good things are, are coming um what i've ever done a, a couple of like projects that are basically i i kind of pulled out of my head <laughs> um <laughs> i don't know you know it's it's a very very different way of thinking versus a sort of structured you work for the hospital you work for you know you go to school and you go to med school and you work for the hospital and you know you're always working for somebody um you know, I suppose the one thing that I really want out of this is some financial freedom so that I'm not working for anybody. Um, that's, yep. That would, that, that would be awesome. Well, the other thing is helping the world. I want to do both. I want to help the world with Dr. Rue. I want to help the world with my novels. I want to help the world with the, with the, um, with the biotech. Um, I, I also created a medical apparel, uh, line we could talk about another time if you'd like <laughs> by the way I'd, I'd love to have you back you are delightful oh thank you you thank you, you so you, much you were really i uh, can do a little stand-up comedy for you if 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 you really if you really beg me <laughs> if we if we really get uh and well you know one of these days we'll have to we'll have to do that and then have you on to talk about what that's like and, and to and to go through all of that because that would that would be fun True. as well it's nothing but fun by the way in my opinion but Last thing I'll say is I started seeing it not becoming so fun. Like yeah. when all of a sudden it becomes serious and you have to get up at four o'clock in the morning and go to some club or go up, go up on a road trip to upstate New York and do college shows. I said, I don't know if I have, I'm too old for this. I don't know if I can do <laughs> I mean, as long, as long as it's fun and you can do it in a fun setting, uh, but, but you're right. If you, if you depend upon that for a living and then, and then for some reason that your material, and that's the other thing in today's society as being a stand-up comic, you got to be careful. And you also have to come up with new material all the time mm -hmm. because they, they hear it and then you then so they don't want to hear it again so then you have to continually come up with you know new new uh, hbo material and all that kind of stuff so it's true, it's true. It, so it um you know i'm happy with what i'm doing right now um you know and then my humor comes out in the writing too um, yeah so there's all sorts of sorts of outlets for that so. now you seem like a type of person that's always planning ahead so what do you got? What do you got in the works for that's coming up? Uh, I got a movie screenplay. <laughs> um, like I said, the medical apparel. I, I started with surgeons caps. So they're they're specialized caps, and they have these sort of you know tough guy sayings on them for women and for men. Okay, they're, they're cool. 
cool um, <laughs> they say things like a cut above the rest watch the hands i bleed easy you know um, <laughs> so i've developed that for surgeons nurses and dentists so and i've got to get the anesthesiologist in there because i have like don't bother me i'm doing the crossword you know that's got to be <laughs> <laughs> for anesthesia so yeah so i'm i'm working on um i'm about to launch that line and um and try to try to start marketing that as well. You know, I, I really think that dentists need to have some humor in their life because yeah, the dentist, I, I, I wrote the dentist. It will only hurt for a second. <laughs> I said, yeah, you've got great gums and denture free zone. <laughs> yeah. And so, I came, I came up with one. Well, um, recently, recently i uh, i interviewed a gal that uh, is in um alternative fashions and and natural fashions and stuff and she was talking about underwear saying that a lot of the underwear is not good for you and uh, because of the um this fabric that it's made from and she said you need to either not wear it or get something that's like cotton and stuff and i said so your t-shirt your slogan should be go commando <laughs> that's good <laughs> That's not bad for the hats. <laughs> yeah, go commando for your hat. That would be, of course, with my little bald head, I can I go commando all the time. So oh, that's pretty funny. <laughs> I, I'm thinking of a line of day of the week hats, and you reminded me of that because of the underwear. If you remember. Oh, I remember that. Mm -hmm. Yeah, they, they you had like Saturday. You know, while well, you had Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. Yeah, you had, and it'll keep people honest. They're never going to wear a Tuesday cap on a Wednesday because it's not clean. That's right. I dated a girl who was wearing a Tuesday underwear on a Friday, and I th I think that that was the end of that. That's right. That was a deal breaker. That, it really was, because it was like, do you know what day it is? I'm, you know, so. Or she was behind in the week, or she wanted, yeah, she's behind in the week, or she wanted to get to the weekend before everybody else. I mean. Yeah, and okay. Benny Benny has a seven second delay, but dump button, and he was he was hovering around that. I just was, in case, I was. <laughs> just in case I went a little bit far, just a little bit far. So uh, Rachel uh, Wellner is our guest, and she is a doctor. She is an author. She's written a couple of novels. She's doing children's books. I highly encourage you to to buy her children's books, and uh, because she needs the financial support to be. Able able to do all the incredible stuff that she is doing for mankind it is really cool that you are taking the the really the idea of doing something great for humanity and 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 working thank on you. it thank you kevin you mind if i uh, just tell people where they can uh, purchase it uh no you can't no okay. of course you can <laughs> no of good well i assume <laughs> yeah you betcha you're you're here and, and anyway, so I assume Amazon for one. I know it's there. Yeah. So if you um, the first book is Doctor Marsha um, and the missing uh, in the case of the missing hot dogs and marshmallow, or you can look up my name Rachel B Wellner Rachel Wellner, um, and that will come up. Actually, if you just type in Doctor Rue, they've both been coming up. So yes, Doctor Rue the hippo book comes right up. Yep, and uh, they both do. Um, and yeah, and I have a website that's www.drru.health. Oh, so, I didn't know that. That's good. Yeah, so you can go to the website. You can see what 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 I'm up to, and um, and there's a link that will actually just take you right to the Amazon link. 
Oh, that's 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 really good, uh, because the, and by the way, I looked and she's got international reviews and national reviews, and she legitimately there they are four and a half stars, five stars, uh, most of them, um, which is which is really cool. Um, I and I'm really honored. Thank you. That means a lot. So well, but it's well deserved because you you you're you know. I got. I got to. I got to tell you, the, the 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 having this is the first time I've had the fortunate opportunity of meeting you, and how that you were portrayed in two thousand and seventeen uh, in the media in New York versus the human being that you are is just completely uh, unfounded and 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 completely different. And I I appreciate that that you are you work got through the mud and are washed and washing up and, and are taking really good care and uh, are doing some great things. Thank you, Kevin. That means a lot that you'd say that. Well, it's, it's, I, I only say things that are true. <laughs> that, that I promise you, cause it's, it's, you know, and you're doing, you're doing such great things. Speaking of great things, can I tell you what's going on in my world? Please. Well, we've got, uh, um, I started off with a podcast called My Independence Report. It's had over 45,000 downloads. Um, and I've, I'm expanding that to include Positive Talk Radio, which is on air at KKNW and also the podcast. And I've also got another podcast, which is going to be a metaphysical-based podcast, uh, which is called Think Energy. And it's going to be talking about um, um, metaphysics and and energy and and well, you know that we are energetic beings in a physical body and my uh, my scientific um, biotech is based on the scientific expression of quantum physics. It's a hundred percent true. Oh, so you you can you come back and we need to talk about that. Yeah, I mean, it's I I know the I know in what context you're talking about it. And I'm almost taking that to into the lab, you know. And that's where it needs to go because it's it's not it's not woo woo. It's not uh, it's true. Um, and 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 in matter of fact, later today, um, I'm talking to uh, Doctor uh, or no to Richard Gordon, who wrote the book Quantum Healing, and uh, and so we're going to talk about that, and that'll be on the Think Energy podcast. So that's the third one, and now I've got a fourth one, which is going to be Seattle. Uh, um, Seattle Lunch Club, and it's going to be run by a friend of mine that uh, is going to talk about uh, restaurants and things in Seattle and stuff like that. So, wow, so you're like me. You, people tell me you can't focus. That's your problem, and I'm like, yeah, <laughs> that's my problem. I can't focus. <laughs> I have I have ADHD, and I just can't seem to 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 focus on any one thing. So I got to <laughs> no, do. I think that's stuff. a gift if you can multitask. I really do. You know. Oh, it's 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 I, it's great fun, and I'm enjoying the heck out of it. I'm semi-retired now because I I broke my uh, I had. Have you ever done a rotator cuff surgery? I I have actually not been in a rotator cuff. Uh, I did my orthopedic rotation, and I didn't have the good fortune to see a rotator cuff. I because they they you know how it's built, and it was completely torn away from. Uh, so it looked I looked like a uh, you know like a bone-in roast with a with the bone sticking out of it. <laughs> That's that's what it, my uh, arm looked like. So I so I'm allowed. It's amazing to me that that happened to me so that I could do this. What happened to you in 2017 happened to you so that you could do this. God had more and bigger plans for you, uh, and that you can help more people. 
I really hope so. That's what I'm going on. So <laughs> I, I guarantee you that's, that is, <laughs> that is, that is what you're going to be doing. And you're going to be helping kids. Uh, you're going to be helping parents and you're going to be helping, uh, hopefully get rid of the scourge that is cancer and to figure out how, how that we can get it all done so that people's quality of life can be so much better. Thank you so much. You know, it, it's, it's interesting because my, my brother, of course, like I said, had stage four lung cancer and uh, he was also a roofer. And uh, the, the question was, and he also was a smoker. So mm -hmm. was it the smoking? Was it the roofing? He also did tear offs. And so he was tearing off stuff that had a, asbestos in it uh, from a hundred years ago. He a lot of asbestos, but he had lung cancer. Yeah. Asbestos is, is more associated with mesothelioma, which is a cancer of the lining around the lungs. So if it was straight lung cancer, I mean, it's not, I'm sure he wasn't breathing anything good for him, but um, the smoking, smoking is bad. It's, is probably the big contributor. You mean just because my father died of lung cancer and my brother died of lung cancer, that means I probably shouldn't be smoking, huh? <laughs> I would just, I think that that's wise. <laughs> yeah. Man, that's my doctor's opinion. That's also everybody. I think that it would I be wise not to smoke. <laughs> Have a popsicle. <laughs> or, or some, uh, how's that nicotine gum? Does that work? It's, it does seem to work for people. You know, I don't, I've, I've, I've tried it just to try it. And I don't, I don't like the taste of it, but it, it I don't need the nicotine cause I've never smoked, but, um, you know, people, people swear by it. People really like it. So try it, do anything. Don't smoke. I know my executive producer gave me four of them. Do you think she was giving me a hint? Yeah, I think so. <laughs> so it was, or she was an angel giving you a gift. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. And then she, by the way, she is an angel. So yeah. that is awesome. So will you come back on my show? I would love to. We, we could talk about a bunch of different things and uh, and where you're going from here. And when the next book comes out, uh, I would love to have you back. That's great. So you know how to reach me and also through Lindsay and, Mich and uh, Michelle. That'd be great. Yes, indeed. Are they your publicist? Uh, yep. That's 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 really good. They're, they're, they seem to be doing a bang up job. So they are doing an excellent job. So I'm working with actually two different teams to do two different things. So they're phenomenal with booking the the, uh, you know, appearances and things. They're so great. when do you sleep? Uh, well, I actually sleep more now than I did when I was operating. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's, that's right. I forgot you were in the. I'm actually allowed to turn off my phone now at night. So. <laughs> You know, I really applaud you. You go to school for 12 years and then you can't get a good night's sleep because you got your pager on and you can get called at any time, day or night because I you got to go into sleep. <laughs> You do. How many hours a week do you figure you worked when you were a surgeon? I mean, um, as a breast surgeon, it wasn't as bad as some of the other fields, but I would say probably 60 or more. I don't know. <laughs> you worked so many hours, you didn't bother counting them because you wouldn't. You, you, <laughs> yeah, they you know, it would be like, um, you know, every other weekend there's like, oh, there's a paint them all pink event. Go to the mall and, and be the representative. So, you know, like us on, on a Saturday, there's six hours, you know, standing at the mall, giving out information. You know, there's just always a lot of stuff to do, whether it was during the work day or the weekends or whatever. So. Well, I, I, I applaud it. I enjoyed it all. It's just, uh, it, it was a little consuming though. 
Yeah, well, now you're working and you're sit, st- sitting around a a, 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 a a boardroom table with a bunch of CEOs and, and high-powered individuals. And they're all looking at you with bated breath saying, well, what do you think, Doc? What yeah. do you think? <laughs> that's, that's, I had to learn fast. <laughs> I had to feel pretty good, though. It feels good when I know it, when I know the answer, when I don't know the answer and I say, I'm sorry, what's the MVP again? It's not the most valuable player. No, it's the minimum viable product. Okay. <laughs> and, so. and and then what do you do with the guy who says, by the way, I just want you to know that I have $10 million invested here. So it better work. Right. Well, like I said, we are right before the POC, when we get the POC, which is the proof of concept, that's when we're going in for the big, the big dollars. So so far, we're not in that position yet to have to owe anybody anything. When is that going to happen? Um, January. Oh, very good. Will you come back after you have a successful test? I, I will. I will. I, I will come back as many times as you like. So. Oh, th- you get sick of me. <laughs> not possible not possible because it, it's people like you that make that make the world go around it really is and it's it's remarkable um given the scope of what you went through um it's remarkable to make the recovery and to keep smiling the way you are and and even though um you've reconciled with what happened and forgiveness is not necessary but you've you've done you've done a really good job and i and i hope you know, and plus the fact that there have been more and more provable things that happened like what happened to you because of the cameras that are out there now, that had you had cameras that were around that event, they could have seen what actually I felt happened. that they should have been wearing vest cams, and I think that that should be the rule. It should be. I mean, I don't, I don't know that defunding the police is the answer. I think that accountability is the answer. There are some great, I, I was a bus driver for 12 years mm-hmm. and I had, I had some great guys and gals that were that, that in many cases saved my bacon from, from people that didn't, that were not after my best interest while I was driving the bus. Mm-hmm. And so there's some great, great cops out there, but oh, they're absolutely. awesome. Just like doctors and people in general, there's good eggs and bad eggs and, um, you know, just, it was sad. And I'll tell you one day when, when, after I'm out of this very hard working phase of trying to build all these things up, I really would like to be, um, you know, sort of a, a speaker for other people who've undergone cyberbullying and, and who've experienced what I've experienced. Um, I, I, I thank God that I was sort of 40 years old when it happened, because I think if I were a teenager, I don't know if I would have made it through. You need to go on a TED talk. Do you know what that is? Yep. One day. You, you, you really need to do that because. One day. You, yeah. It, because, um, you know, for, for people to see that even if, the, even if the, what it feels like the whole world turns on you, the whole world, I've, I had friends that they're gone, like just gone. I mean, best friends and things like that. They're just gone. And, um, and I've had to just say, okay, next new friends. You can't, <laughs> you know, um, it's, it's not easy, but you know, once you realize that it doesn't, it's, it's, it's not, it's not the end of the world, you know, they weren't your friends anyway. That's how I look at it. <laughs> they need to, the people that you surround yourself with. It's vital that, that, uh, they love you and you love them equally. Well, and if, interestingly, I, I thought I, I thought that I was, you know, Sometimes people prove themselves to be wrong. During very difficult times, you'd be surprised at what people do. 
And we're talking with Rachel Wellner. Your website, please, my dear, because we're running out of time. Okay, www.drru.health. One more time. www.drru, so that's D-O-C-T-O-R-O-O, dot health, H-E-A-L-T-H. And she'll also have a webpage on my, or on positivetalkradio.net. So you can go there and get all her information there. Uh, Benny's going to make us go home. By the way, there are good cops, there are bad cops, there are good producers, and there are bad producers. He's one of the best in the world. And then there's Benny. He's- Aw, <laughs> yeah. thanks, guys. Aw. So with, with that, I will be back on thank Wednesday you, at 4 o'clock. Thank you, Benny. Rachel, thank you so much for being here. It was a purely delight on my part. Me too. Thank you so much. 